Hello and welcome to the AOL Talk with me, your host, Robert McAuliffe. The response from the first episode, which centred around my gambling addiction, has been far more than was ever believed. And the amount of listens, messages of support, and also messages from people sharing their experiences has been overwhelming to say the least. So I'd just like to take this time to thank everyone who interacted with that. Today, you're going to listen to our second episode, and the topic of this is social media. We have three guests joining us on the show, my girlfriend Libby Shrigley, Abigail Bass, and finally Charlotte Underwood. All four of us will be having a discussion regarding the impact social media has in our own lives, and also the impacts we see it having on other people. I think this is a topic that all of us can relate to in one way or another, and I've been looking forward to sharing it with you. So, less of me waffling on, and here it is. Welcome Libby, Abby and Charlotte, and um, welcome to our house for recording this episode of the podcast on social media. Um, to start us off, the first question I just want to ask is what social media accounts do you have? So Charlotte? Um, oh gosh, I think I've got them all. WhatsApp, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I think I got rid of Twitter this year, kind of slowly trying to wean myself off. Um, there's ones that you don't even realise are social media accounts, so YouTube and things yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely yeah. YouTube. Abby, what have you got? Um, Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat, but I don't really use it to be honest. Yeah, so just for free. And then Lib, what have you got? Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, but don't really use it. I don't use YouTube a lot. That's it, really. I'm not on Twitter. I tried Twitter out, Twitter out yeah. for like two weeks. <laughs> I got over it so quickly. <laughs> so um, yeah, just same. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Oh, I don't really use it that much. Uh, I've got a YouTube account, obviously WhatsApp. Everyone tends to use it. It's just so easy to chat to people, isn't it? Mm. Um, but aside from that, not really anything else. Um, so... In terms of what social media accounts you do have, what is your most frequently used social media account So Charlotte? I would definitely say Instagram. Um, although I do find myself on Facebook when you watch one video and the next one pops yeah. up yeah. and then the next one pops up. And before I know it, I've sat there for an hour and a half and hasn't yeah, <laughs> done yeah. anything. But 100% Instagram, that's the one that I check the most throughout the day constantly. Yeah, Abby? Uh, yeah, Instagram for like, your constant checking probably mm. um I, I forgot one before i actually have a tiktok account and i get in some pretty deep holes on yeah i've never used TikTok. never kind of downloaded it never used it that's just scroll through the videos yeah and, like you just that's addictive you see the like the tiktoks all over plastered on like they get taken from tiktok put on facebook put on it's twitter put on instagram mm. that's normally how i consume that kind of media but in terms of the actual app itself it's just kind of boomed within the last, well, since lockdown, really, hasn't it? It's just kind of gone from no one's heard of it to something that everyone seems to have now. Yeah, you're yeah. busy in lockdown and yeah, well entertained, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can add all the songs on. What is it? It's the weekend song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was really wanted to learn the dance for that, and I was like, Rob, we should download TikTok to do that dance. And I was like, no. <laughs> But I've never downloaded it to be fair. I just I do the same as Rob. I watch them on obviously on Instagram and obviously on Facebook they don't. pop up. But then 
I get that you get sucked into the videos, yeah. don't you? Yeah. And, then and then like two hours has gone by and you're just thinking, yeah. why? Because <laughs> mm, um, I imagine with TikTok as well, because it was during lockdown and no one had anything to do, but we're not the only um, I'm fortunate enough to come out of lockdown, but I guess the habit's still there of sitting there and checking your TikTok and getting sucked into oh, that. Oh yeah, most certainly. It's... I don't know, it's just, it's like I said, but it's that habitual mm. routine of which you kind of, you continue to go through and it's something that's so ingrained into kind of every single part of our day-to-day lives. Of like, your alarm goes off in the morning, you snooze it, your second alarm goes off, you snooze it, your third alarm, <laughs> unless you're one of those that wake up on the first alarm, which I most certainly am not. You <laughs> uh, wake up and check Instagram. But the first thing, the first thing you do is obviously, because the alarm's on your phone, mm. the first thing you do as soon as you wake up is check your phone, and then you switch your alarm off, and it takes you to your home screen, Yeah. shows you if you've got any notifications, be it news, Instagram, Twitter, <clears throat> sorry, news, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, um, and that's like the start of your day. Is just on the phone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but what's your most most used? Um, oh, definitely Instagram. Yeah. I love Instagram. I'm on there all the time, but sometimes I'm on there and you're not even really absorbing the content you're looking at as well. You just go on for the sake of going on, mm. and then scrolling through. And then if you actually go back and think about what you've looked at, I often find myself not really remembering That's what so I've true. actually looked at, especially when you're in the search screen. And just scroll, scrolling through random stuff. I've only just started doing that. I never I used to do that. that. Do you, oh, don't get. What's don't that? Start like explore. Yeah, yeah and and explore. Mine was just full of anxiety tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. And tattoos. I read a thing today which was um, on average we tap, swipe, and click our phones. This is a USA kind of study, mm-hmm. but um, two thousand seven hundred times a day. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, and to think like how that like can try and put that into context it's tr- really hard to kind of work out in your head how many times that is mm. kind of to be able to like to swipe up it's like you're on the Facebook on, on, your, on your Facebook feed and you're just scrolling and like amount of times that you're touching your phone it would be really interesting if something like if Apple or Samsung or whatever kind of phone you've got turned around and actually showed you how many times you touched your phone on a daily basis it shows you obviously your screen time mm. but it doesn't show you your actual activity time as to how you are using your device in terms of if you're texting how many times you tapped your phone throughout a day if they were to do something like that I reckon a lot of people would be quite taken back yeah. by yeah, the amount of which they're using all kind of all forms of media yeah, and social absolutely. media that being said though I think it was some Swedish developer created this like like a fidget spinner, but it was a shape of an iPhone and it had balls that roll upwards and balls that roll to the side so you can mimic oh being on your phone. It's like E6 for your phone. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, but, it's like step one, wow. step one of recovery, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, so, so if, for people who always need to be on their phone can sit there at work or on the bus or wherever you might be and just swipe. I mean, it, I guess it's effective. But still, that someone has to mm, think it's come up with something like that. Boredom, though, that you scroll like, yeah, and maybe just being able to like do something with your hands or when you feel like nervous or you're waiting oh, for definitely. something, people can't oh. just like sit. hundred percent. It. No. It's, it's that kind of like the social media is driven so much kind of social anxiety around people. Mm. So to the point where 
they physically like can't begin to have conversations with people. So for example, we were obviously in, me and Lib went out for some lunch on Saturday and we saw Abby where we were having lunch. <laughs> and obviously we, this was coming up um, like the following week. So we were like, we'd never actually met kind of face to face. And I was like, we sat down and like, that's Abby over there. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. And I was like, well, the first time she comes to our house can't be like the first time she meets us, can't be when she comes to our house and starts recording a podcast. We need to go and introduce ourselves. And Liv, like, Liv had some anxiety around. I had a bit of anxiety around as well. Oh. Exactly. Kind of, but it's one of those where yeah, like, face to face. we've had this kind of conversation and friendship and relationship online, but it's so hard to transfer it from online to real life these days. Yeah. Oh, I get scared. Like, I've, I'm friends with people through Instagram and they want to like meet up and hang out and I'm like, I'll find any excuse not to do it because yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm worried the vibe will be different when I'm trying to... I get that, though. Do you, ever, do, you think it, do you think it's a case of what you're portraying on social media, you're worried to think that's... They don't think that's who you really are when you may meet you mm. face-to-face? I don't know. I think we'll have, like, funny conversations and, like, obviously, like, crying, laughing emojis, like... <laughs> when, when, when you've got, like, a complete yeah, yeah. blank face. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I am this funny in person because it translates really well, obviously, in message. But then you, when you get around someone, there's this other vibe and it's, like, presence and, like, when someone's moving and talking in front of you, it's totally different from reading text because you put some of your own like thoughts onto someone's text when you're reading yeah. it and like mm. tone and stuff so I'm like what if I don't come across the same way I, I, yeah, I find that a lot great. in terms of kind of when you're messaging it's so difficult to portray tone over over like just instant messaging like iMessage WhatsApp whatever it is that you use like you can say something and someone can take it in a completely opposite oh, yeah. way to which you intended <laughs> it so and like we have conversations all the time and it, and it would always come down, to, like we always say, don't we? You just can't understand tone yeah. on, on kind of text at all. Yeah. Um. But when you're in kind of real life and you're chatting to someone, you also don't have that time. To think about what you're gonna say. Yeah. So yeah. so you can like so you can have a message and you can have it on your notification screen and leave it unread for two days, but you can still see what the message says. Yeah. And then you can think, oh, I replied to that, and then you kind of maybe not even thinking about what you're going to reply but you've left like that person on hold for two days and then you can go and message them. But in real life, you can't just sit there for an hour when someone asks you a question and go kind of, and just like go do something else and then come back and go, yeah, I had some um, lasagna and chips last night. And you just, yeah. you just can't. Um, yeah. And like, that's really kind of being driven into us. Yeah, I think um, as human beings, we're just completely losing. You feel more comfortable when you're sat waiting for something, say, like a bus or a train or a plane or whatever. You're more comfortable just sat there in your own little bubble than just turn to the person next to you and say, oh, how's your day? <laughs> sort of things like that. I'm quite... I was raised... Um, my mum's a very uh, open and bubbly person, so I was always around that sort of environment. And I find that today when I do that because I'm... <laughs> quite strange and that is what I will do I'd be the one person to start the conversation the bus stop but where it was acceptable before I feel like if I do that now people look at me and think well why are you talking to me like yeah yeah, yeah no, I definitely. get that I definitely struggled with that moving over to this side of the world from New, Ze- from New Zealand because in New Zealand I didn't have a smartphone when I lived in New Zealand mm. didn't even have Facebook or Instagram none of that and everyone is not saying that people over here aren't friendly but Everyone talks to everyone. If you're in the line at the supermarket, people chat with you. And then when I moved to Germany, 
it was literally like this whole new world and I was on the outside of it and now I've kind of now I sit on my phone and don't talk to people absolutely yeah because it is that exciting yeah I know it's um it's like do you think that's fed from pre-smartphones like the start of like the iPod Nano and the iPod Classic when people and like even like go back <coughs> as far as to say the Walkman yeah. when people yeah. just, just walk around with headphones in mm, and yeah. like when the first Walkman came out obviously it's like before my age to remember but from what I've read about it people were like well it's never going to catch on because why would you walk around and not want to hear what's going on like why yeah. would you not why would yeah. you want to walk and if someone tracks you why why would you not want to hear that I and mean, then it's gone from literally carrying a cassette in your pocket yeah. or in your hand because it was that big <laughs> to having like a CD tucked in your waist belt <laughs> to go into like an iPod Classic to like an iPod Nano mm. to go into like an iPod Touch iPod, fo- uh, iPod phone iPhone and then obviously iPads and whatever it is now and everything that you've got like iPhone 12 or whatever it is now yeah which is like my phone's massive like I've got the XS Max and like it's like a little tablet in my hand <laughs> but like from that's manifested from like yeah the walkmans really mm, yeah. and i think with computers as well like obviously it's it's our phones are tiny computers and yeah. when i used to think how much i used to use my laptop on like msn bebo oh, and then it got to tumblr and i was just always like messaging people all the time because i was at home at whatever time i couldn't message you know i couldn't have a conversation with my friends so i just send them a um, a message on MSN and I think that's for me where it sort of stemmed from was yeah. was my, having my it's, laptop yeah, there all yeah, the because you're like constantly connected at any time of the day to any amount of people but then like you said in real life disconnected so mm, it's like yeah. what do we want do you want the disconnect or the connection yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, with that kind of connecting with people obviously we use it so much to connect to people and obviously some people have so many different uses for social media people use it on a recreational level they use it for work, they use it just to stay in touch with family members, like FaceTime and stuff for staying in touch with family members, especially for COVID or whatnot, mm-hmm. if they're away off island yeah, and you just can't see them. It just brings a completely new dimension to your family relationships, which is all positive, <clears> but you've got that kind of, I don't know, does, does anyone kind of know what I'm, I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to get the, trying can, to get the words out here. I think it can be used right. in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. I just think but, people oh. don't know how sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It really blends completely yeah. to like, if you're using it for work and then you get home after work hours and you're still using the same apps that you've been using in work, where's your work-life balance or mm, are yeah. you actually, are you working all day or are you just... Like, are you just on your phone? Mm-hmm. Not to slate anyone, that's me not slating anyone who's kind of uses social media for work because it's obviously it's a massive tool for marketing and, and kind of connecting with their clients and, and their consumers. Definitely. And that's completely fair. But when you get home and you're, you can't switch off from work. Yeah. I think that's a point. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Because yeah. I still use LinkedIn a lot in, when I worked in the financial industry. Well, that's another, that's another kind and of Obviously, it wasn't account. a relationship then, but would come home and I would stay on LinkedIn and I would stay working and trying to push more. So I would wake up in the morning and then I'd wake up to LinkedIn notifications and just carry that on. I never actually thought about that, to be fair. Not having any, like, homework balance. That never crossed my mind. It's completely... It's all just kind of brought itself into one kind of complete Mm -hmm. and one 
one whole Maybe unit. that was the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I see it a lot with Danny, because obviously, like, PT and him work yeah, yeah. himself. Mm. Like, he comes home, and there's still people will be messaging on, like, all apps, like, Facebook, his his own app, like, Mighty P- PT Hub. Good um, Like, <laughs> Instagram and everything at, like, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I'll say to him, I was like, you've got to pick some, like, work hours and, like, or have a separate phone and just say, like, you don't answer after this time until this day or like that's it it's like yeah i think people also expect you to never switch off as well i think people message and expect to have that instant answer all the time yeah, yeah. i mean some yeah definitely do but then like i personally i don't know if it's because i'm a bit like older that like, i'd be like no like obviously they're not going to reply now because they're not at work but then i think people who've grown up just with all of it will be mm. like um question mark when you don't yeah. like reply oh, quick I'm, I'm, I'm murder for not replying to people like <laughs> absolutely murder for it i but i i'm forever on the phone but never posting i'm completely passive yeah. on social media and i think that's quite you're scary there in the background <laughs> just yeah. kind of you're, just lurking you always you always see what's happened but yeah. you you're never part of what's happening. But yeah. 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 And it's kind of, it's a bit creepy actually. Yeah, but um, you and I send at least, oh, I'm going to go out there and say like 200 messages yeah, a day to each other. We are so bad that when we're not apart, we're just messaging nonstop like a pair of 12 year olds. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even anything constructive. Like, <laughs> we're just messaging all day every day do you find that that makes it like can you imagine what your relationship would be without that though do you think you'd have a different dynamic if you didn't have that kind of i don't of know I, when, when we're busy obviously it's not that i'm not there like oh why is rob not texting me back yeah yeah but i don't know i enjoy it it's i don't see it as a negative experience obviously being on my phone all day yeah yeah is, does it make your thing. day like more bearable do you think like your mm, day-to-day yeah. would be not good without that like I'm wondering if like social media use is high because people's day to day is like not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, with like do, 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 like, do people like do people enjoy living their life? But then that comes from I I I'm a believer that, that comes from social media. Yeah. So like we mentioned yeah, it we mentioned it before yeah. we started <laughs> recording. Like all of us probably had a Bebo account back in the day, so we're looking at least ten years ago. And I'm and I'm more Be- than that. For me, it's more than that. I was like fourteen when I had Bebo. At least ten years ago, um, so like mid to late kind of noughties, really. Um, and you used to send love to each other, and you had one love a day. And I remember being in school, and it would always be, "Who are you going to send your love to? Who are you going to send your love to tonight?" And then you had your close friends and you actually ranked your friends from like whatever it was, one to ten of who your best friends were and your closest friends. And some of them would be people that you've never met before mm. and that you literally had like friendships online with. But at that age, so what, you probably, what age am I? So like 13, like 12, 13, 14 or something. You're, you're already a, a victim of social media because if, someone doesn't give you love how does that make you feel so it's already started about like comparison and like clout chasing with like who's on who's like yeah top yeah, yeah. Stuff. exactly Who so like how, how many how many people are you in the top five pe- friends of and people be like oh i'm in like 20 people's top five yeah and then like oh i'm only in like i'm only in, like five people's top five which if you're like in a top five friends of five people 
you're like you're doing pretty well there. Like you're like, you're a good person. And like, but you even had it in I... MSN names though, didn't you? And you'd have like your MSN name, and then you'd have all your friends again. Rank well, I I know that my friends did anyway. You'd have it like ranked yeah, like, your or MSN like, name or, or, the, or the person you fancied first letter. Yeah, like loads name. of love hearts yeah. next to it, and then if they yeah. took it off, you'd be like, oh, what's like what's happening? What's going on? And yeah. I think at that age, like 12, 13, that makes a big impact on your self image and also like your self worth as well yeah because you put everything of, of you know you don't think of yourself as a whole human being you just think if i if they don't think that i'm worthy or if they don't think that i'm a good person then i'm not because you know yeah, you definitely. can't give yourself that kind of reassurance it was in as well you had the last scene <clears throat> an hour ago or whatever it may be since they were last online yeah. and then obviously that got brought into whatsapp and then whatsapp brought in the red message like they've read your messages and not replied that's I thought that was really bad when it first started because that was sort of when I first noticing that if someone didn't reply to me, you first go and see if they've seen your message. If they've got the little blue ticks going on. And that would make me feel really bad if someone hadn't replied to my message. Especially when it comes to ghosting and things like that. Because mm. you know you've been ghosted. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if they don't have online and yeah. they're like ignoring you. I know like, I have friends who've turned that feature off yeah, I've got because off they well. like, can't handle like their boyfriend not like reading their message within a certain time frame and it makes them like throw power. Yeah, so yeah. Like, but like, it it's like mad how much anxiety social media is kind of brought to us all yeah isn't it? like that, um, that that's a big deal for yeah. their boyfriends like to not kind of reply but it, it's what i mean it doesn't have to be a boyfriend even your friends you think oh what are they doing it's like they can't reply to me yeah kind of thing i, re- I st- don't reply to some people sometimes because i've left it for so long i forgot <laughs> about oh. it and then you and then you, feel, and then you feel bad about not replying to them <laughs> But you don't want to look like a dickhead by replying late. Does that make sense? Yeah. But then so, I, yeah, I completely understand that. Then I'm the first person whenever I see him to say, "Sorry, I haven't replied to your message on Fingy." Mm. It got, and I, I explained to him. I said it got to a point where I was meant to reply, and then I forgot. And then by the time I realised, it's been two weeks down the line, and it's is it too late to reply to a message like, is, it, is it ever too late to reply to something that someone said on the internet yeah. I don't What's actually think that's like, like no you it's can, not like, you can, still you can go on YouTube and you can see a comment from seven years ago you can reply to that comment no one's stopping you from doing something people will and people will but when it comes to someone who are actually messaging and personally know yeah like in that time period before you actually get to see that person and get to explain yourself in person and um, like what is going through your mind at that point I think you have to not take it personally because everyone's got a lot going on you have to remember like the phone is not real life like I've got a friend that he will message we'll have a little thread going and then he will not respond for like a month and then he'll reply to the last message that was sent and we'll start it up again (laughs) but it's like every few months but I I just know that that's That's like what he's like and it's Mm. fine um but yeah with me like my object permanence is really bad so if i don't see it it doesn't exist and as soon as i click on something and the little red dot is gone or the unread thing it's it disappears like i forget completely Mm. and it's just gone so you have to like buzz again but then i get anxiety about replying too fast like i think (laughs) yeah Yeah. i get that as well because i have the same thing if i don't reply if if i open it and then I think oh I'll reply that but I don't want to seem too keen so I'm not going to reply straight away and then zoop it's completely gone yeah. before you know it was two weeks or <laughs> double texting someone I used to be really oh, anxious about so that crazy. like messaging someone and then messaging again afterwards if they've not replied I use 
I mean, when you step away from your phone, (laughs) when you step away from your phone, you realize that it's not actually that important. But in that moment, you get so, what I do, I get so in my own head that it it becomes an issue Mm. for that moment in time. So just put my phone down and forget about it. If if you left your if you left your phone at home like by accident and you were going to work, what how would it make how would it make you feel? Um, I think I last did this about a year ago and I genuinely felt like something I kept going to check it all day and I just couldn't do it and you know I I just checked my emails and work like I kept refreshing them they refresh automatically yeah, yeah. but I would refresh them um, manually and th- <laughs> but I did that instead of checking my phone and I thought oh my god this is absolutely crazy and then the worst thing was I got home and I was like oh, I've gonna have missed out on so much and I think I had like two notifications and um, does it make you feel like shit yeah well? <laughs> it's, it's, it was this total double paradox where I thought that I was gonna have missed everything and but I only had two notifications, which it was great. It proved to me that I don't have to have my phone. But then at the same time, yeah. I was like, oh, well, why is no message? That happened to me, like, when I was trying to do, like, a little, like, 24 hours or 48 hours off it. And you go back thinking there's going to be something there. And there is. There's never. And that just makes you yeah. think, there's never anything happening, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have it's to go you are, you are creating what is happening yeah, on your phone. Yeah. Well, you, obviously, exactly. Charlotte, you just said, like, the last time it happened was a year ago. Does that mean because you make sure it doesn't happen again. I would probably say so, yeah. Now, when I go to work, I always check that I have my phone. Don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll go through periods where I'll just delete the app, so I'll delete Instagram, I'll delete the Facebook app, um, and try and do... I always say, oh, I'll do a week without it, and after two days, just kind of sneak back <laughs> oh, on. It's and so easy that. just to like re-download. You exactly. Just, it's already there. Yeah. Isn't it? it's, in, it's like you have a little cloud there on, on like Apple, don't you? When mm. you've deleted an app, and it's just, oh, you've already had that before, so you just re-download it. Exactly. All the data is still there. Would you feel bad if you like? Would you? How do you feel, Libby, if you left your phone at home by accident for a day? I think I'm. I'm the same. It's like you check your pocket like you've lost your keys or something you feel like something's not quite right but I would then do the same I would just go on social media on my work computer <laughs> so I don't know I, I very rarely forget my phone I go out often like when we me and you go into town I, hey. I leave my phone at home all the time because I don't That's need gross. it and I'm not interested in taking my phone out um, but I always put my headphones in before I leave the house so I, I never forget my phone because the first thing I do is put on Spotify Mm. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I definitely feel like I feel a bit antsy yeah it's, but like that's like you said it, you feel like a part of you is missing yeah but like are we all like are we all really controlled by this like 750 pound equipment <laughs> glowing yeah. brick yeah precisely like black Mine's mirror right. like black mirror TV mm. program is called black mirror because your screen is a black mirror You can, I can look at my face in my phone screen right now and mm-hmm. um, obviously we did a little poll um, well I say a little poll we did a couple of polls yesterday on t- on Instagram on our ARL um, our ARL talk um, story regarding some just some t- just asking questions to obviously our followers to see what kind of response we get um, and we asked the question do you think social media can be addictive we had 87 votes for yes and 28 votes for no. That's a 76% swing to 24 for yes. Social media can... Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. Um, sorry, 98%. 98% of people 
thought that social media can be addictive out of 128 votes. Only two people voted for no. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are these people that say no? No, correct. It's like... Who are the people that say When I put that question up on Instagram, I honestly thought that it was going to swing the other way. I didn't think that that many people would agree that social media can be addictive. And I was quite astounded by those results, to be honest. I did not think that there would be so many people who thought that social media would be addictive. Because mm. I definitely find it addictive, but that doesn't mean everyone else feels the same way. Oh, yeah, because everyone's, everyone's different. Everyone, everyone responds to so many different things and obviously so many different ways. For example, some people can have a social cigarette when they're drinking and it doesn't manifest into a cigarette they have every single day and they're sober smokers. Some people can have a drink on a weekend and mm. not binge drink. Some people can turn around and say, I'm not going to drink this weekend and don't drink. Whereas <laughs> like, I'm forever saying, I'm not going to drink this weekend and you go on and do it anyway. And it's, some people would, I know I think in those instances, some people would be like, I'm definitely not addicted to that. I'm definitely not like, if, if you say I'm not drinking this weekend and then you end up drinking every time, I'm not addicted to that. Well, maybe you are. But the fact that we've had like 98% of people turn around and say, yeah, it definitely is. They're not saying that they're addicts. They're just saying that they think it's addictive. I think it's like, what is the perception that people have of being an addict though? And like, I think that's a bit skewed. So people don't see binge drinking as an addiction when it is because... It's illegal. What we're shown mm. an, an addict looks like is very different from what... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, like socially acceptable rather than it's socially acceptable to be addicted to social media because that's what everyone else is doing but yeah. just because it's socially and it's like how does it affect your life like because you can be a functioning alcoholic mm-hmm. um, so like people say oh it's not negatively impacting you're not incapacitated so are you really addicted because you can still go to work yeah, so yeah. you mm. get like that question of what what is it actually to be an addict yeah, yeah. Mm. no it's really it's something that like that what is an addict is it's just so broad and um, like there's such a spectrum of addiction mm. in terms of how severe that addiction can be like obviously addictions can cause death yeah. um, the, and it would actually be interesting to kind of get up some stats now I'm going to try to get some up regarding how many kind of deaths from kind of anxiety and depression caused through social media and yeah. mm. um, there was a big cyberbullying thing at one point. I think it was like a few years back. Um, and you might not want to put this in here, but like a girl had like threw herself in front of a train or something, and it was over like online bullying. And like, mm. I think just the, I think was it reach? Yeah, I went into Ramsey with Danny and Hudgie, and he does like chats with some of the students there, and like the rate of like self-harm and stuff is still like really high yeah yeah and the suicide stats over here i think they're not accurately reported because i have a friend who's a fireman and their thing is they deal with the most of suicides and car accidents and they have like two a month so it's like a lot more than you think it is Mm. yeah that's there's a lot of that in the headlines at the moment especially because you've had anti-bullying week just come up and it's especially with Instagram, a lot of the young ones, they follow this this very negative or sad content to sort of yeah. fuel fuel what's going on, but then that's what's pushed against them. So because of Instagram's algorithm, they will constantly see all of this negative content 
know, sad lyrics or self-harm, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Or even there was an article about on Instagram showing suicide, um, how, how to commit suicide, things you can do to commit suicide. Um, and that shouldn't be allowed, no. especially to, to, well, not to anyone, but especially teenagers because oh, they're yeah. so susceptible. Mm. Well, where's, where's the regulation? Obviously, you have moderators on kind of most websites that will moderate the content, but stuff still gets kind of through the gaps yeah. and it's so easy to screenshot and share. Like the amount of stuff that you will find in group chats yeah like, people won't know that their stuff's been screenshotted once it's there it's there like, yeah. Yeah. like as much as, as much as it can get removed reported whatnot it's still on the internet yeah and um, for people to see i watched a thing about people who'd become memes so they were like the people in the memes ah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like it was literally just this random photo that like my friend took this long time and it's like been taken and like at first they've like tried to get them like removed and stuff but they just spread like so, so quickly yeah, all around it's like there's nothing you can do like yeah. once it's on the internet it's on there I don't it's like don't for put us. things up that you yeah might not want up in like five years time or a lot of young people i think don't understand the consequences of of putting something up that's harmful especially i look at some especially on facebook i find facebook the worst for it the malicious stuff that people comment in that moment do they realize that other people can see that and that's there unless they delete it Mm. it's weird that's such a weird one i always like wonder like why social media comment sections brings out like this like nasty yeah, side of, yeah, yeah literally why is it, it i just think oh is it human default to be an asshole like i don't yeah like it freaks me out a bit actually which is why i like i stayed off facebook because i found it really negative and just yeah i'm not a huge fan of facebook especially with this year with covid and being stuck inside i start struggle quite badly with anxiety and that sort of turned into panic this year and i would literally go on facebook and after five minutes i would be triggered and be having these these panic attacks that I've never experienced in my life before. Not necessarily from seeing something that makes me unhappy, but it might be a news comment or the daily briefing from the government. So like, anything yeah, like that. Yeah. And literally, like, went into myself so much. I deleted Facebook, I deleted Instagram, I never used to go on my phone. Mm. Um, and I was scared of it. Yeah. I think the, the comments section on Facebook is... People don't take accountability and sort of responsibility for what they're saying. There is always that argument you would never say that to someone's face, face to face. They kind of hide behind that screen, um, and there's no repercussions from it either. You know, you someone says a horrible comment and they don't realize they don't see the hurt that they've given someone else, or you know they don't get told off. They just there's there's more people feeling into that. They just turn around. And they simply the easiest cop out is just call them trolls and like but that's mm. the worst thing that you can do exactly is to call someone a troll because you're just encouraging like them to continue it yeah, yeah. Well. and it's like it's it's just a game for some people yeah yeah, it's, yeah it's not it's not real it's not really social it is simply just when they get called out though they will like backtrack so i've seen like some influencers and stuff like when they reply to the the hateful person they're like, oh shit, and they're like, stop really <laughs> nice. So they, it's almost, I think, because people think they won't see it as well, and it's like, or they don't think that they're reading the comments. Mm. So I, I don't know, like, mm. what goes through people. Here we go. So you mentioned influences and stuff, there, and I think this one leads us quite nicely onto another one of the polls we did. 
um, which was, has social media ever made you feel insecure? We had about 110 answers um, and 77% of people said yes, social media had, does make them feel secure. What kind of impact do you think influencers have upon kind of, I, obviously, I, I'm, I don't want to turn around and say women and, and girls, because it's mm. not just women and girls, because obviously there are male influencers, <clears throat> um, but the kind of the ones that stick out in your mind are predominantly women, but who also have major male fan bases because mm. they've got a big ass or they're like they're hot, they're attractive, mm. they've got all these male kind of followers. What kind of impact do you think that um yeah, influencers have upon kind of insecurities and social media addiction? Well, I think this is a good one with the stuff that Abby posts mm. because yeah. When you, especially when you're on Instagram, it's so easy not to see what's you only see what they post. So everything looks perfect and shiny and new and and amazing. And unless you really know what goes on behind the scenes with editing pictures and things like that, it's so easy just to compare yourself to and think, well, why don't I look like that? Or why is their life so much better than mine? And then when you've make a decision to not necessarily feed into that content all the time and follow people who post things like Abby does where you can see a side by side of Instagram versus reality basically. Yeah, yeah. So Abby, while we're talking about that, what is your Instagram handle? Um, I don't know. You don't Abigail. know? Alright, I'll get it up now for you, don't worry. Abigail Louise. Abigail, oh, underscore. Abigail underscore yeah. Louise B. So <laughs> if anyone wants to go on and check out Abby's Instagram, it's definitely worth doing. Um, to go and see kind of some of the stuff that she's posting I'll, she popped up something this morning around kind of <laughs> what, what, what's this what is this like TikTok lip fillers it's and like video TikTok, around it puts makeup on your face for you yeah so TikTok puts makeup on your face she put a really cool video and there's loads of stuff that she's she done in the past and that's so funny, um, <laughs> loads of stuff in the past yeah, that's the content I need in my life like for so long especially yeah, yeah. when I first started using Instagram I mean don't get me wrong I follow a lot of influencers and a lot of them is just mainly to do with fashion because I do like my fashion and even though a lot of them are airbrush to fog basically um I, I do follow them for for a lot of inspiration in, in regards to fashion and that sort of stuff and even makeup as well um but it's nice to to be also part of reality and see something that's real and something that you can relate to as well yeah, I think body yeah, body positivity, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially as I get older. Um, I think body positivity, posi- body positivity is such an important thing to incorporate in your life. Be it if you're, you know, tall, short, wide, slim. Oh yeah, yeah. I found it really interesting when I started posting about body positivity and you know these sort of just sharing posts on my stories I think it was like a year ago and the amount of girls that messaged me and just thought and said thank you so much like I didn't realise that this content even existed I'm just always consuming one certain you know you should look this way you should act this way this should yeah. be your life people but, need it like yeah. people, people need to be given that kind of yeah what, people need to be brought back into their own reality not the reality of what other people are trying to show them I think like for me, the uh, reason I started doing it was because I had no idea that that type of content existed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Facetune was um, probably till about like, it was only about three years ago. And I had a younger friend, she was like maybe six years younger than me, and she was 
doing it and I was like what is that and she was like everybody does it like send me a picture I'll, I'll facetune you and I was like watching her do it and I was like what the hell is this and I was like the way she was saying that everyone was doing it I was like damn is this what the kids are up to now and then I just like started like looking at things a lot more when I was scrolling like more conscious scrolling and then I realized that there was people out there doing like Instagram versus reality and I was like mm. started doing it myself but because I started taking all that content and I thought oh everybody must know this already but then like people you say people messaged you people messaged me like I had no clue you could do that and Absolutely. I was like yeah, yeah. some people are just completely oblivious to yeah. to kind of how how they are being hooked onto the the influencer train as mm. such and how they're being how they're being brought along as a passenger. It looks so real as well. Mm. I mean when you posted I mean it's a while back now when you did the video of the actual face tune, I didn't actually know myself that you, I mean, I go in and I'll blow the old blemish or whatever, but I didn't know that you could like yeah, slim your waist in waist or in. like make your booty look bigger or, yeah. you know, make your breasts look bigger. Well I and didn't it looks so real as well. You can do it without like making the background wobble as well and that's what people like this one yeah it's that we're on about yeah like literally God, like my mind it's, it's, it's real, tell like that it's just mad so you ha- literally have no idea what if what you're looking at so is real or not obviously i know this is a, a podcast so you can't see what we're watching at the moment. <laughs> um, but abby do you just want to explain kind of what we're watching here at the moment i did my best influencer pose in a bikini and <laughs> I basically made my figure more like a Kardashian like yeah. enhanced my bum and my boobs and like my back rolls <laughs> and I did it in a way that like didn't give any clues so there was no like wobbling on the background and stuff like if you stand in front of yeah, something you, get that, you can see white. that warp of like yeah. people get, like <laughs> some famous celebrities and stuff they get called out for like photoshopping their image because it's completely warped and you yeah. can see that this vase goes skinny in the middle when it quite clearly doesn't <laughs> um, but yeah it's just like a little video so I'd go go onto Abby's Instagram and check this out for sure yeah. um, whilst you're listening to this and it, when, 23rd of July this, was, this little it's video was posted so go on and check it out <laughs> So yeah, it's just going round, going round and round on our TV here at Abby's. I had to take one down, so I did like a face one, and I, I saw like this mad picture of Kylie Jenner that people were sharing on their story, like, "Oh my god, she's amazing!" I was like, "That's so face tuned," and like, I just it was annoying me, so I did mm. it, but I had to take the picture down because every time I went on my profile, I was like, "Oh my god, like it's freaking me out," like yeah. so the way that I was looking. I mean. I really appreciate how um, Abby does it, like, on the island as well, because I think yeah. there's such an island mentality over here where girls aren't honest. Like, you know, we see, we consume all the influences and, and things like that, but we have such an island mentality where every girl knows every girl, and or if they don't know them by person, they know of them, which is why I appreciate what you do mm-hmm. so much, Abby, because it's just calling people out for like <laughs> <It needs laughs> to be done though but no it's not yeah. it, you know it's not on that high influencer level it's like every girl you know you don't feel like you have to do it just because someone else is I think that's why it like bothers me like more on the Isle of Man because I'm like they're gonna see you in 1886 yeah. like <laughs> that's what I was saying about what oh, makes me anxious yeah like, I couldn't put a filter on because you're definitely gonna see yeah. me <laughs> Rob, obviously Rob and I met on Tinder I don't, I don't know if you've met up with other girls, but I'm wondering, 
you know, you, you use those Facetune pictures on, on Tinder or, or Filter or whatever. Did you ever meet up with anyone and think, you definitely do not look like your pictures? Oh, there's loads of people that, not necessarily for like Tinder and stuff, but loads of people that you see and you've seen on social media and that is just not them in real life. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't, like for me, I'm just looking at it and I'm going, oh, it's just that filter. Yeah. Like I would never, as a male, turn around and go, okay, so they're actually, they've like, they've brought in their waist or they've made their butt bigger um, they've done this, this, this to enhance their features, kind of like cheekbones, like lip fillers, yeah. like, like what's the point then? Like meticulously kind of going through and editing a beautiful photo of themselves to something which completely warps someone's opinion of them, because what you're showing them isn't who you are, and that leads us on, like like I said again, nicely to another little poll we did which was um, how do filters make you feel about yourself um, and we had on that one had just about 55, 55 um, votes in that and it was 56% more confident and 44% more oh, and insecure so, me as so, well. so that shocks you in terms of how Abby because um, it's like I couldn't feel confident it's like winning gold but you're on steroids or like cheating on a test but like being really happy with yourself that you got an A but you cheated it's like I don't know I'd feel like a fraud or I'd be more worried like that someone's going to think something negative when they do actually see me because I know that I don't look like that yeah yeah so, so you'll have that kind of in the back of your head and that anxiety or you'll see your way of being I've posted like, this oh, image God, which like, isn't me yeah and then what if someone co- comes up and or not even says anything to your face but Someone yeah, goes away like, and then they start talking about you because yeah, we all know how kind of quickly rumours can start I've on the Isle of Man. People like that. Maybe that's why I, I do feel insecure because I know what girls say mm. in the DMs and behind like, yeah, yeah. people's backs. And I've been sent photographs of girls from the Isle of Man who've fucked up their photoshopping. And like another girl sent it, like, oh my god, look at this. Yeah. And that's why they don't make me feel confident because yeah, yeah. someone's going to know. Like, yeah, they someone's going to find out, aren't they? And, I, go on. I think like the sort of it's changed the mentality is sort of everyone used to use filters and that was kind of you know the given uh, and that was what was socially acceptable whereas now the kind of it's shifting a little bit to now you're seen as something less if you do use a filter like I don't know are we giving it too much kind of like yeah. are we giving it too much I used to think of it as oh well it enhances you know, my features that maybe, yeah, it just makes me look the best version of myself, whether that's a filter or not. Which if you had X amount of money, then you'd be able to go and get those lip filters. Yeah, like, so it makes my nose a little bit smaller, but then I look absolutely bomb with a smaller nose, but then I still appreciate the rest of my face as well. I think there's, like, this kind of shift in mindset to now people think, oh, no, I can't use a filter because then they'll think this of me. It's, like, this really hard balance. It's, like, what do you want? Do you want, like, natural or do you, like... See, like, that's never what I wanted to do, look like, offend people and make a negative Mm. thing about it. I don't want people to feel like how they naturally are is not good enough. Like, because I've... Like, I know what that feels like. Like, I had quite severe um, body dysmorphia, but not with my body. It was focused only on my face. Like, severe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I know how that feels. And maybe I assume when people Photoshop themselves that I think they feel like I felt. And I'm, 
like dope because it will perpetuate the cycle mm. in you. So I got over my stuff by getting away from filters and influences yeah. and stuff and yeah. it like helped and like accepting yourself yeah and just making it okay for everyone else because it makes other people feel bad when you look perfect as well it's not just you yeah. that you make them yeah. feel bad yes and like some tough. people have messaged me like you know what that's really triggered me what i what you just posted like i've gone through my whole instagram and checked all of my photos now to see if there's any mistakes in there that are dead obvious but like and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to make you like, feel yeah, bad. Yeah, your, your, your aim but, isn't to turn around yeah. and kind of to call people out, like, personally and individually. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of, you're just creating a platform where you can you can share and show people the, the real life of mm. what goes into mm. kind of yeah. being an influencer as such, aren't you? I'm just, like, mm. worried that if we constantly see perfect, you're going to look in the mirror or, like, look at other people and have an adverse reaction to it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not used to seeing it. So, like... And it's so like bad to say, but I when I was like conscious scrolling, I saw like a girl that had like unphotoshopped bikini picture with cellulite, and I think my initial reaction was like, oh my god, like why would you post that? And I was like, why are you thinking like that? And it's like a trained yeah. reaction and mean, like internalized misogyny. I was like, no, I've been told that that's not okay and that looks bad, and now I'm like, that is that is yeah. that is very, that, that is real life. Yeah. Like, and it plays into self-hate because it's like you apply it to yourself you don't just apply it to other people and it's all like mm. it all just goes that's where it comes from yeah. as well like your own insecurities when, when I when I use filters I mean if other people want to face tune their pictures or use filters I mean it's got nothing to do with me I, I don't I'm never going to judge someone on that for me when I use filters I mean I mess around with filters on Snapchat all the time like silly ones and have some fun I never post it on my story or anything. But when I, especially the ones that beautify your face and puff up your lips or give you a fox eye, when that filter comes off and I just see my own face in the screen, I feel really, really bad. Mm. And especially when I'm in an anxious state already, then you're sort of kind of like, well, why don't I look like that? Or should I look like that? And then I, I'll feel bad for a couple of hours afterwards. Yeah, so that's like what I think as well. Like I was surprised by people saying it made them made them feel confident. Because when I did the first Facetune side by side and you press the button and it flicks between the two, I was like, I hate my original yeah. one now. And I was like, surely everyone who does this must feel like that. Mm. So that I think I'm just assuming a lot of like how other people feel because yeah. that answer was like, one that I wasn't expecting, but it definitely made yeah. like the same as you. Like, and, yeah, um, shit. Put up another poll around kind of the amount of likes that content gets. So the question was, does the amount of likes your content gets have an impact upon you? Um, and the answer was positive and negative. We had just under 90 people replied to that one and 64% was negative, 36% was positive. And... Um, now, I'm not quite sure what to make of the answers in terms of does it have a negative impact or is it negative in terms of no, it doesn't? Like, I'll be answering negative to say no, it doesn't I, have an impact. Oh, does that make, no, does that make sense? So you, so, yeah. you answer, so you answer negative as in no, it doesn't have an impact as to how... Okay, so it's slightly, <laughs> slightly skewed the kind of the answers <laughs> upon this. However, I still think it's actually... It's obviously it's a really important question to ask mm. um, because people... I've seen it where people have posted something and deleted it because it hasn't got the likes that they wanted. 
mm-hmm. and within that's like within half an hour or ten even ten minutes of that being posted. Yeah. Um, and what kind of impact do you think that has that has upon people? I remember one girl. I'll always remember she said it to me. I remember her saying, "If you want your pictures to get likes, you have to post it at like seven o'clock on a Sunday afternoon." <laughs> that's a question for a business though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's always because obviously that's when people are scrolling, like they're on a Sunday, just about to go to bed, and that's always stuck with me because that's what she would do. She would wait, and she, you know, instead of it happening in real time, she would wait for for the moment that it would get the most likes to post it, which I would think will. Well, yeah, if you've, we, got, if you've we went, got a promo account, it actually tells you when your followers are online, like with what time of the day they're most productive. That's crazy. Yeah, so we can we can see it we can see it on our AOL talk Instagram, um, regarding okay. kind of how. Where if you work in marketing, that's a perfect way to post your, post your content. But like your personal page, oh yeah, like, no, you know, no, your face is not so. your marketing. The algorithm <laughs> is so screwed now though, because it's not like chronological. So like you can post something, and maybe like nobody sees it because of the algorithm not just because of the time of day it used to affect me a lot like i if i'm honest like when i was kind of like 17 18 it would you know i was one of those if it didn't get a certain number of likes then i would delete Mm. it um nowadays now that i use instagram much more creatively and sort of as an inspirational kind of platform As an inspirational platform, I don't find that it kind of has as much as of an effect. But I still know plenty of people mm-hmm. that like really the kind of life revolves around it. I'm Here we go. So we've got up our ARL talk and um, most active times. You can see it at the bottom of our screen here. So oh, yeah. you guys can't see who are listening, unfortunately. Um, and if we look on kind of Mondays, most people are active at six pm at night. God, isn't that crazy? Um. Let's see if we can go. Who's on at three a.m.? <laughs> it's kind of yeah, it's bonkers. So Tuesday's the same, Wednesday six p.m., Thursday lunchtime, lunchtime straight through to kind of yeah at nighttime. Everyone's on their phones, and um, Fridays are very similar. Saturdays obviously no one's on their phone at three a.m. But other than that, people are on their phone from nine a.m. through to nine p.m. Kind of that's when people are at the. At, at the most um, and people and have these kinds of accounts for their actual personal pages yeah. don't they yeah, yeah. Like they have these are they, what are they, they just what accounts are they in the top oh is it account. it's like a promo account yeah. so like a business if you're an influencer you can choose what type of promo account you have so you've got like an influencer beauty um, all sorts podcasts oh, yeah yeah uh, mental health all sorts of things you can choose in there. and I think if you are genuinely using it for a marketing purpose or for a business or for something like I run for Rob, where we can look at sort of the age group that follow Rob, if it's male, female or non-binary, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it helps with the sort of content you put out so you can make sure that, you know, you're being relevant. Yeah, but we're not, like, we're not trying to get any, the only game that we're trying to get out of it is people being aware of what we're putting out. But some people, we're getting no personal gain out of it. Like, I don't get any kind of intrinsic gain from how many likes a post would get. I'd obviously, I'd I'd love to see how many people have viewed it. And it doesn't matter if they like it, they've seen it. Yeah. So, like, if just because they don't like it, they've, everyone's seen it. And people will think, oh, that's good. And some people just don't like stuff and don't, like I said, I'm a passive social media user. (laughs) So I will scroll through and I will see most stuff that goes on on kind of social media not Instagram because I don't use it like I said I've checked out my um, 
average kind of time on Instagram over the last week and it's one minute a day on average <laughs> and my Instagram time is <laughs> I literally, literally do not use it at all so Twitter is my main one and Twitter and Facebook really but even still I'll go through and I'll see everything that's come up but I won't interact with anything See, that's like unusual though because I see people who sit there and they literally just like everything that comes up because it's like somebody they know and they're like being supportive. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. how do you do it? So and I just like, 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 and it's like, do you, do you even know? It's almost who? like that Bebo love again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of being there as yeah, a support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, be, you're being that moral support, which obviously people need, but. Well, that's what the likes are. It's like yeah. external validation and it's obviously not the same when it's like your content as much as it's you you it's your face and pe- yeah. people don't like that that's like so deep yeah, yeah. <laughs> why exactly. do we need this validation from people that's something i was asking rob the other day we were talking about yesterday weren't we you need all this validation from strangers i personally don't get off on likes i don't no, care I about don't it really no um, yeah. i've got posts on instagram i've got like five likes but i post it because i like it but i also like the aesthetic of Instagram so I'll delete posts all the time if it doesn't match my other Same. posts <laughs> yeah. that's about five likes I don't care if I have zero likes or 500 likes I'm not bothered about that I want to post it because it makes the me feel good or me happy yeah. mm. um, I'm, mine are like that like my archive is full of selfies because uh, it doesn't matter if like I've got some in there that have got like the most likes I've ever got on photos, but I've archived them because I hate them. Yeah. Like I've yeah. taken a picture and I'm looking at it like, nah, that's mm. awful. Or some of the ones that I've like edited in the past and I can't bear to look at. Like I've just archived them, even if they've got loads of likes. Whereas some people would probably keep them. Up oh yeah, they keep they keep the ones yeah. that have the most likes. Yeah. Because that's what they. It's like it's a. It's like it's a mon- not a monetary value, but it's got obviously value to them. Yeah, well, it shows other people like yeah. I yeah, have yeah. value. It's, <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's like social. It's like social status, which comes from like we even go back to like said Bebo again of being your top friends. Yeah, and like you're in someone's top friends, and if you get the most likes, obviously some stuff will get featured on Instagram. Probably yeah. does it like if you if someone gets a load of likes. Would you find that, and you don't follow them? Would you find oh, that yeah, on their I've explore? Seen people from the yeah. other man on my explore page yeah. that I don't follow. Precisely. Yeah. 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 And that's how they then grow from being a personal account into this kind of influencer account, which has kind of three, four, five thousand followers. I think Explore's quite random as well because you do get, I think, it could be a friend of a friend of a friend that pops in, or it could be an influencer that has 10,000 likes. In my Explore, I find it quite random. I get some that don't have very many likes, and then I wonder does it know what sort of content I like to watch or well definitely knows what kind of content I like to look at because my search is literally only things I like to see which is a positive mm-hmm. but I've also had to train my Instagram to do mm-hmm. that yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm quite bad at going through and having a cull and I'll unfollow people or I'll follow things because I'll go on and I'll see something and it makes me unhappy mm. then I've also had somebody call me out for unfollowing before and then I felt bad as well because I had to justify myself for something that's not actually real life value, yeah. it's a digital form of validation yeah. that you shouldn't actually have to justify. When I like probably the best thing that I this year was it this year this year actually I just completely made a new Instagram account and started from fresh and I only follow I think I have like a hundred. Is it private? Yeah, private. I think I only follow like a hundred something and maybe less than that follow me, but I know every one of them as well because what was freaking me out was that I was putting stories up about I was oversharing completely I was just putting like where I was who I was with what I was doing every day 
And I, I freaked myself out. I thought, I don't know who's watching this. I don't know exactly who like who is able to see this. So I just completely started afresh. I and because I had the exact same that you had, Lib, where um I'd go through and do a call and then you'd see them when you're on a night out because you don't see them very often. So you think, oh, well, what's the point? And, you know, I don't really care that much about your content. And then they'd say, oh, why, why have you unfollowed me? And I think it made me sad because I'm like, as if your own thoughts about yourself is that my following you makes any difference yeah, to your life. But they have life. to go in and check that. It's not something yeah. you just... Exactly. Exactly. Whole other <laughs> yeah. You literally yeah, have like to go and physically check yeah. and then be like, oh, okay, she's not following me. Oh, people have got like tracking apps to see who stalks them, see who unfollows them. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> I used to be friends with like someone who got like really obsessed with that and like, yeah, you, you can pay extra and see like who's blocked you, who's no. stalked you. That kind of thing of what you were saying around kind of oversharing Charlotte, mm. that's, that's partially the reason why I'm so passive on social media because my life is my life and I know I'm not slating anyone that shares their life on social media. No. But the people who matter the most to me, they know what's going on in my life and people, I chat to people they're fully aware of what's going on in my life. I will share photos with them. I will share whatever with them. But I don't think it needs to be shown on a public platform because, to be honest, it is no one else's business. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that's the best way to be. And but then I'm still I'm still hooked on my phone. <laughs> I'm still hooked on my phone all the time. So I'm not sharing, but I'm part of the problem because I'm the one who's interested in what everyone else is sharing. So I don't want anyone to know what my business is, but I want to know what everyone else's is. And like it's. It's yeah, it's it's a really difficult one to get your head around. Have you ever told yourself, okay, like you've got your phone with you, and you've ever told yourself, okay, I'm gonna put my phone screen down, and how long does it last? Like obviously, Charlotte, you've done it now, but we're in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> you have to get up and go on your phone in the middle of a podcast. That's so new addiction. And I'd be like, okay, here we go. In the right place. Yeah, yeah. We're here to help. Um, but kind of put your phone down, screen down, and then. I'll tell myself, right, okay, I'm not going to go on social media, I'm not going to go on Facebook, I'm not going to go on Twitter. And then you could be at work and like you finish sending an email or like, you finish having that phone call, you've got a bit of time. And then next minute I've caught myself and I'm two minutes deep into Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like, how on earth have I got from my phone being down to now it being in my hand, me making one of my what 1700 scrolls <laughs> that's what you need to be conscious of is though like what precedes that so is it coming from something like boredom or yeah, like yeah. nervousness or like, like more self-awareness i think you could like get the answers or is it just like a motor reaction so well, like i said before every time like, well, every time you're on every time you're on kind of social media so you get that dopamine release mm-hmm. and that makes you feel good whenever mm-hmm. you kind of you're being a consumer of social media and that dopamine release doesn't last forever. So you can go on Instagram and you can scroll for a minute and you can catch up with what you've seen and you've got that that little kind of, your brain's released that chemical of dopamine and you're kind of, okay, this is good, put your phone down, but then your brain needs it again mm-hmm. because you've literally subjected yourself to years upon years upon years of your brain requiring that to live, really. For yeah. otherwise, kind of, if, like we said about, if you don't have your phone with you, you get all agitated, you get all itchy. 
if a drug addict doesn't have drugs, mm-hmm. they get all agitated, they get all anxious, they get all itchy, mm-hmm. they get all they can't sit they can't sit still in their seat. And if you don't have your phone with you, kind of you're checking your pockets, you're mm-hmm. doing whatnot, you're. Don't know, so you it just is can't like just, a real addiction. It is. But the World, has, world Health yeah. Organization does not recognise it as a disorder. No, it doesn't. That's like mad because it's a, we know that like ADHD, so I've got ADD and that is a okay. dopamine receptor problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if that's recognised and like dopamine is involved in like addiction and social media, like they say that they designed it to trigger that. Yeah. Like how there is, is it a not very close link between the two, isn't there? As well, I was reading an article about it today. To be fair, um, I was trying trying to learn more about sort of the psychology and statistics that are recognised by some of the mental health organisations worldwide, and who, um, and to to see or read that it's not actually recognised was quite surprising. I thought that by now it would have been. There would be some classification mm. for it's it, at least. designed based on gambling, like, yeah. applications. Yeah. So, maybe they're getting some... Yeah, well, this is probably social dilemma, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. The social dilemma, if no one's seen it, is a documentary on Netflix, and I implore anyone who's listening to this to go and check it out. And I think all four of us in the room today would say the exact same thing, to go and check it out. It's um, ex-executives kind of... Executives of kind of Twitter, Instagram as well. Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest, Twitter, Google, Facebook. And the creator of the like button is on there talking (laughs) about the reasons why they basically created the like button and whatnot. But a lot of those people who now created that no longer work for those companies. I mean, they're actually anti-tech companies and trying to create something for the good because they've, effectively creating a monster mm. um, they obviously are quite clearly living with some amount of guilt yeah. in their lives for being these super clever tech people but they've now created something which is being over consumed yeah. I think if you look at kind of addiction and human and certainly in modern times so you know alcoholism drug mm. addiction, gambling these have all been around for however many hundreds maybe of years and you can kind of see the lifespan through human life i mean even those are pretty modern in times but when you look at technology and it only been around for kind of 20 30 years and the impact that it's had already what's going to happen in sort of 30 40 50 years time of this kind of tech addiction with really as well because it's we're not evolved you don't know what's going to happen to kids you've been born with that stuff and don't know any different I think that's my fear and I'm like is there going to be like mass depression suicides and anxiety yeah Yeah, I I kind of got some stats here regarding Facebook so 2004 when Facebook kind of was starting off had 1 million users 2011 that went to nearly 700 million users and today there's 2.7 billion people using Facebook. A third of the world population. So from what year, 2004 to 2020, 16 years, you've increased by 2.69 billion. Exactly. People where does that using stop? Facebook. Exactly. And when, when does that stop? So obviously we, it's all kind of, kind of how we, means of access. So if you don't have a phone or a laptop, you can't use social media. So we've obviously all been brought up in a world where you need to have something something like that. So we're in a society 
kind of in the Western world where everyone's got a smartphone, everyone's got a computer, people have iPads, people have multiple computers, multiple phones, one for work, one for kind of personal. But you go to less economically developed countries, so you could go into, like, you can go into some African countries and people will be on Facebook. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, that couldn't have been possible through technology. Mm. But now you are opening up to all these people who've got so many years of tradition and so many years of living a life without influence and living their own life. On the social dilemma that they were in one of these countries, I think it was like an East Asian country, and they were giving out the phones with everything like that preloaded with a Facebook profile made for you. So when you buy the phone, it's already on there. Because they're trying to get everybody on it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And it makes me like a bit concerned for like the whole thing that's happening with COVID. They're saying that you're going to have to like scan a QR code to to get into shops to prove that you had the vaccine and stuff. So what are you actually going to be able to do if a you decide digital passport, I isn't it? don't mm. want a phone if, if you're like because there's no law saying that you have to have yeah, a yeah. what if you get a Nokia 3310 like you'll still be sucked in playing snake mm. yeah <laughs> you will you'll, you'll yeah. be sucked into playing snake and a Nokia 3310 and like pressing yeah. pressing five three times to get an eye or whatever yeah. it is it's yeah you're so right in terms of what if you don't want to have that technology but it's like trying to exit the matrix yeah. <laughs> I read a really interesting book it's a 21 lessons for the 21st century by Yuval someone over there let's have a look um, it's the same guy who wrote Homo Sapiens yeah um, super super interesting book but he goes it's basically what life could be like he's kind of a philosopher and he kind of philosophizes on how he sees the world going and he talks about ai and our connection with technology and how eventually you know you'll go onto netflix and you won't have to choose a movie it'll already have chosen for you just like oh this is what you want to watch tonight this is what you want to eat tonight this is and it just kind of cook it for you too it pretty well yeah pretty (laughs) much has developed that chip that you're going to be able to have access to the internet from a chip in your head and people have already got chips to like unlock that. I have one on the island who's got well, a chip. Obviously, yeah. Charlie, you just said about that book, 21 Lessons for 21st Century. It is by Yuval Noah Harari and I hope I've said that right. So Yuval Noah Harari Thank if you. anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, in I'd highly recommend it. It's very interesting. Oh, go on. Sorry about the chips. Elon Musk and his little, his little on chips. Someone on the island who's got a chip. I can't remember who it is. I saw it on Instagram. Obviously. <laughs> <There we laughs> <go>. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of scary that, to be fair, if I could get like, and it was safe, like for my bank card and stuff, a chip in my hand, that would be sound. Because <laughs> you, Yeah, because it means you wouldn't use, lose your bank card all the time. I lose my bank card all the time. <laughs> but, but I would have like a little... You could be hacked though. Like your brain. Yeah, like instead of your card, <laughs> it would be you. Okay, now I kind of don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> this but is like the thing, like people are like, oh, what do you imagine the future? Like, oh, all the robots are going to take our jobs. Like, but there what's is, the there's, no gonna, there's not going to be robots. We're the robots. Yeah, yeah. All, we're already absolutely. attached to them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They've already, they've already programmed us to, yeah, to be swiping mm. on our phone, like we said, the thousand times, 1700 times a day. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to go through some got some stats here they are stats from a u.s study um and i'm just going to go through and ask the questions and just kind of let you guess the answers basically
So, I've, so I'm going to go on now. I'm just going to show some um, kind of. Oh, I'm going to go through some questions regarding social media addiction and kind of more like gadget addiction. Um, and we're going to ask our guests here um, what they think the answers are, and we'll see how far away from the kind of truth they are. So the first one is the average smartphone user unlocks their phone how many times a day? I'd say over 300. Yeah. I'd say thousands. <laughs> yeah. Unlocking your phone over a thousand times a day? I don't know, because you said about like the scrolling. Yeah, but there's, yeah, but obviously you're on your, if you unlock your phone, then you've unlocked it and you're just scrolling. Oh, and until, and until yeah. you stop scrolling, that's when it locks again. You'd have to Does this like... take into consideration like Face ID? Because you can literally unlock your phone yeah. by picking it up now. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to say like 400. Yeah. Go Abby. I'm going to go high, I'm going to get 800. Yeah, well, it actually says it's 150 times a day. Oh, but, but if you turn around and go, what, 150 times a day, and we tap, swipe, click our phones 2,600 times a day, that's yeah. every time we unlock our phone, we are using it quite profusely, yeah. to be honest. Um, through that. We're so not just checking a message, like reading yeah, yeah. a message and then locking it again. Yeah, um, so we use a gadget... <laughs> So we use a gadget for how many hours and how many minutes on average per day? Lib? I'm going to go like nine hours. Go on. Yeah, eight. Eight hours, Abby? Is this like a gadget as in anything like laptop or is this just smartphone? Yeah, or? I'd say just obviously because we can talk about smartphones and social media but you can access it upon laptops, iPads yeah. and stuff. So I'm just going to go kind of screen time. I'd say a good like, I'd say four hours. Four hours. So this is actually ten hours and thirty nine minutes on average each day we use a, a gadget. Day. But then you've got to think. Obviously, we're at work and we're sat yeah. in front of computers. See, I'm and not an office worker, so I don't know. Like, but then are you on, on your phone? Are you on your phone quite a lot throughout the day, even as not an office worker? No, I just physically can't because I need my hands. Excellent. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm not going to ask what kind of work you do. <laughs> average as well so that's yeah, not like yeah. your builders and things who again are like using that yeah yeah and that's an average of people i spend a lot of time on my phone during the day or at work on the work computer just on the news mm. as well yeah, yeah. just yes. like trying to fill my time with see this is like the whole thing about like the 40 hour work week and how like that's just a stupid concept as oh, well because well, trying is. to pretend to be busy for eight hours when a lot of things oh. are project based and not it was yeah. productive when you're on a like a line, a process line, making mm. things. Both companies in New Zealand are doing like four day working weeks, and have found that their productivity is actually higher. Absolutely. It's longer days, though, isn't it? So it's, no, it's not. Longer days, no. It so you get a day off mid well, Wednesday off, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, oh, nice. weekend, and I would work harder if I had a day off in the middle of the week. I reckon mm. it's sort of like you've got that rest and incentive to sort of, well, not you, that everyone like drags on and hates their jobs yeah well, so, but, but, so, but like some people the last like, i say some people most people the last thing they do is look at their phone be it put on an alarm mm-hmm. for example even if they're not on social media the last thing i know the last thing that i do before i put my phone down is make sure my alarms are set for mm-hmm. the next morning and the first thing i do when i wake up is turn off that alarm so the only I'm literally sleeping to go back on my phone, <laughs> and it's kind of you can you can stay awake till we've all been there. You can stay awake and get sucked into the void till like past your bedtime, an hour, two hours past what your normal bedtime would be, and you would wake up tired. Mm. And do you think that kind of four day work and we can have that break in the middle is something that we now need as human beings because. Mm. 
we are so consumed and exhausted through everything that we're doing. But it's yeah. the mental exhaustion. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. hurt your, your eyes. Like, you, it's not good. Like, I'm forever telling Liv to put her glasses on. Mm. Like, forever. <laughs> because, like, Liv, go get glasses. Or I'll come in and I'll go put my glasses on. He'll, like, actually put them on my face for me. sat at a desk, not, like, no, at no. a computer screen or anything like no. that. And I think, like, I heard it was, like, the Ford guy that invented the 40-hour work week. And it's, the like, Ford, yeah. eight hours. Is it Henry Ford? I don't know. It was, like, the where they make cars you should yeah. live to um, work though. and it was like eight hours at work eight hours free time eight hours sleep but that it's just it only it's only productive if you're on a production line like yeah. it's mm. not right especially when you bring computers and phones into the mix you and don't like, have the brain capacity yeah and you're not like leaving work at work like yeah. you were saying before yeah, you, 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 take, you, you, take, well. you take work not just home with you you take it on your commute with you you take it on holiday like, with you. The you... positions that you're sat in as well, are like, we don't know the effects of this. Are we all going to be like blind and have hands like this? Oh, yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't yeah. see it, but like, you know, carpal tunnel. Like, yeah, yeah. To no, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, right, the next one is, what percentage of us have experienced anxiety over losing our phones? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say like 75%. I'm going to say it's high, but I can't relate because I leave my phone everywhere <laughs> on the table. Like People are always like, is this your phone? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Um, I'd probably say 60. Yeah, live pretty close, 73%. Um, okay, what percentage of adults wake up to use their phone at night? Oh, see, I don't do that. Wake no. up on purpose to use it. Well, I don't know. Is it something... <laughs> do you know what? It's something that's happened to me where... I've woke up in the middle of the night and it's also to check what time it is, but mm. I can check what time it is and I, if there's a notification there, yeah. I'm then on my phone and like it may only be just to see what that notification is, but still on it. that's time where I'm, my brain needs to be resting, not exposed to bright lights, mm. not exposed to whatever's going on in the outside world. That is time for my body to rest and get ready for the next day ahead. I think that is the biggest problem. Like, people have been saying, like, I'll get alarm clocks and stuff. Like, that's my biggest anxiety, losing my phone, is I will not know what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that is weird. Like, yeah. I, I like wearing a watch. I should get a watch, really. So what then you probably wouldn't use it, though, would you? <laughs> what, percentage? what percentage of people wake up and use, adults who wake up and use their phone at night? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's going to be pretty high. I think that's going to be about 60 Sixty percent. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I, there's something I really don't, like, don't do. So I wouldn't know. Like, you know what my sleep pattern is yeah, like. Yeah. If I'm, if I wake up, that's it for me. I'm not going back to sleep. I don't know. I'm gonna be like forty-five. I'm gonna go lower on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna say around fifty. Fifty. Twenty-five percent. Oh. Yeah, twenty-five percent. So a quarter of people, for one in four people, would wake up and use their phone in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And let's see. What percentage of Americans use their mobile phones on the toilet? So obviously we, this is an American study, so it's not quite some British. <laughs> so it's not it's not quite um, British stats and fully representative of ourselves. It is, a, it is a slightly different culture over there. Um, so what percentage of Americans use their phone on the toilet? Charlotte? I'm going to say good 70. Okay. Abby? Um, I'd like to see the male-female split because I think yeah. Yeah. every boyfriend I've had takes the phone to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? But um, maybe like sixty. Okay, Lib. Um, I don't know. 
I think we go to the toilet sometimes, to be fair. It's pretty unhygienic when you think about it, isn't it? How many times do you clean your phone? Well, when it was COVID, it was all the time. Like, start mm. lockdown and COVID. This is very we frustrating. Liv was like, give me your phone, and she just get a disinfectant, and she yeah. just give me like, a phone <laughs> spray. I'm like, not like the house today. Um, a, a while ago, um, <laughs> 75% oh, used their phones on the toilet. I just want to get in and out. Like, what are you sitting? Like, do you not get any peas? She's hiding toilet. What percentage of teens reported moderate exposure to online bullying? That's got to be high, like that one. Or That's mm. definitely got to be high. I reckon plus 80 plus. Yeah, I'd say around 80 or something. Okay, I'm just going to go like, but you obviously, you've got people who are being bullied, but then you've got people who are bullying as well. So it's not everyone's a victim. Like, not everyone is a victim. Some people are the perpetrator as well. I that's feel like quite back though. That's people 60%. Quite bad. 16. 60, 60, 0%. Oh, that's still 60 pretty bad. That is pretty high. Yeah. For teenagers to, like, 60% of teenagers. More, was, I mean, as, soon, as long as phones have been around there's been bullying I used to get like maliciously bullied by this one girl when I was in high school I would have been 14 maybe even younger and she would bully me by text message yeah it's like low, can't isn't it? escape it kind of thing you'd go yeah. to school yeah. and then go home and she wouldn't bully bullied. me at school she really? would bully me by text message like really badly though to the mm. point where I had to get my number changed and stuff <sighs> Yeah. Ridiculous. But do you remember it? Ask FM? Was it Ask yeah. FM? Oh was it, yeah. Was that, was that a thing? Was and it Ask FM yeah. or like form? It was no. Form, it was form spray. That was like anonymous hate. Sounds like Gossip Girl. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It was awful. And do you remember Gossip Girl? I went. What? what? <laughs> I think I do. You know. So I'm not gonna. Are you joking? Yeah. This was probably like I'm trying to think. Maybe. Just probably a bit more than ten years ago. Yeah. Got a girl IOM, which was a Facebook page, I think. And so it was one of the so social bad. media pages where it just kind of it, people would anon- well, anonymously kind of post in about someone, and then it will get shared on this page, and no one would know who it is. And it went on for a fair period of time until that person got caught out. Mm. Um, but that happened when, so yeah, like I was maybe 13, 14 But that was something that you went into school about and everyone was talking about because everyone was on everyone was on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's literally what you did I go through like that's my memories so I go through my memories on Facebook and I kind of look at how many statuses a day I used to post yeah like mm-hmm. 2011, 2012, 2013 oh I cringe at my Jesus. old statuses sometimes when you get those like memories pop up on Facebook so I'm just, I'm just going through and deleting all the bad ones all the time like, <laughs> I don't never need to see that again I do want to see <laughs> I don't want to see that again on the 24th of November next year. Yeah, but it's not I'm crazy what you're overshare, oversharing yeah. when you're like I don't think like your brain is developed enough and you don't have enough no. life experience to know how you're going to feel when you're yeah. older and that's why it needs to be more regulated. Parents need to like stick to it and not just cave. Like my cousin's nine and her mum just caved because she wanted TikTok and I'm like she should really shouldn't be on there. Yeah. Mm. She's already talking about someone has got this many likes and blah 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 has got so many followers and I'm like you're nine like, yeah, well, a, I can't explain to her yeah. how that's a negative thing though she will not understand it's the concept it's such a kickstart yeah. for anxiety and depression yeah. isn't it kind of I think social media use at a young age is that it's that gateway into mental health problems mm-hmm. and like people say 
kind of gateway drugs. So like people say maybe marijuana is a gateway drug that leads you into more harder stuff, kind of class, class A's, class B's, whatever. But it's social media is that gateway into mental health problems mm. where drugs are as well, long, long-term effects of kind of drugs and alcohol and um, gambling, obviously, in the kind of my case as well. But being addicted to your phone, imagine if for the past 15 years we had the activity tracker like we do now on phones and we could see our history over the last 10, 15 years of our social media usage and how long we've been online for. How and we, life. <laughs> precisely, like it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Mm. Um, but it's it? so scary because there's no real... Parents talk about the risks, like obviously... I think it was more so in kind of women and kind of the sexualization of young, young girls on and kind of how we can use the filters to to obviously make themselves look older than what mm-hmm. they are and then it is sexualized at times. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the dangers of what they're putting themselves into. It's like predators Absolutely. can pretend to be other children as well, yeah. like really easily. Yeah. On like things like TikTok and get people to like come and meet them and stuff and how like easy is it to make a fake account on yeah, any social media? Oh yeah, you just need no a verification. Fake, exactly, you just need a fake email address and off you go. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on to like last two ones. Um, eight. Oh, I just gave away the answer there. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, eighty-five percent of smartphone users check their phones while speaking with family and friends. That's bad. So it's only fifteen percent of people that of smartphone users that don't check their phone we're speaking family and friends we're ba- I'm bad for it we could go to the pub and I'd have my phone out on the table you oh, say I get annoyed though, at that yeah. if I go for a meal with my friends I like I will get annoyed I wouldn't at a meal I, I wouldn't at a meal but if we're in the pub just having a few drinks yeah. and my, my phone would be out of my yeah. pocket on the table you're quite up. good though without well, I don't do it either when we're at your mum's for example we're hardly ever on our phones it's like you're like checking out of the situation though and like mm. I was eating it like just pizza and pasta or something and there was a family next to us and there was like a teenage daughter a really little daughter and then the mum and dad and the littlest girl had headphones and an ipad and the two parents were both on their phones scrolling and then the teenage girl was just sat there like looking just like really like miserable yeah and they didn't even discuss what they were getting like anything like that and they were just on their phones like showing each other stuff not talking to their daughter and like Whoa. their food came and then that was the only time they put them down and I just was like oh my god yeah we don't have we've got a rule no no phones at dinner don't we yeah no so, phones at dinner isn't that crazy that that's a rule though yeah, yeah it shouldn't be a rule like, I don't it should, should just be courtesy yeah <laughs> like courtesy you don't go on your phone yeah. while you're having a major meal that keeps you like, healthy and yeah and like nutritional value is much more important than whatever it is that nothing yeah. that that you do on a social media because a lot of the time you are doing nothing on there You're yeah not and FOMO like fear of missing out yeah. obviously like Definitely. the addiction as well and yeah. it's like people's default when they're nervous like I've seen people when we're like all together like friends hanging out and their default when the conversation isn't something they're particularly interested in mm. is to go on the phone but then they just detach even more yeah. Yeah. and it's like you should just really make an effort to be present otherwise you're going to increase it's harder to get anxiety. back yeah. it's harder to get back into that conversation after being out of your phone because you're not listening to the development of that yeah literally um, you're that social, yourself yeah that social anxiety yeah. is is huge um really in terms of 
when you are yeah you use your phone and it gets you out of the awkward situations but really people around you could actually be looking at you going this person made it really awkward because we're having this conversation and they're not taking part they're yeah. just on their phone yeah. they could go the other way around as well if not maybe not so much when you're out but if you have really bad social anxiety mm. and physically can't leave the house social media could be quite a positive way mm. for you to still stay yeah. in touch I mean yeah. I don't have social anxiety so I wouldn't be able to talk from first hand experience um, but if you're really that scared of being in social situations but can still quite freely speak on social media, that could be a positive for some mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I would say, like, I'm pretty socially anxious and I don't like going out just because I get, like, overwhelmed with it. And, like, after lockdown, I went through a period of, like, really bad anxiety because we'd been locked in and even, like, the postman, like, knocking on the door too yeah. hard. Would, I was like, like that as well, to be yeah. fair. Wasn't I went to the shop once and I had to call Rob to wait outside for me in a taxi because it's just, like, everything just closed in. I don't know if that was social anxiety or more so just the anxiety of the situation changing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was horrible. That, kind nice. of that, that thing from going from like lockdown to not lockdown yeah. and that transition was really difficult, actually. I think you have more control, like you were saying before, like control over your image and the way that you're perceived and you get time to think about your answers on there and stuff. I think it's like the anxiety of being put on the spot or like making a slip up or... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, and then let's go on to the last one. So what percentage of millennials say their smartphone never leaves their side? Well, it's got to be high, that one. Like 90%. 90% Charlotte? Yeah. Abby, you seem the same? Yeah, I'm going to go on. Yeah, like pretty much bang on. 87% of millennials say that their smartphone never leaves, that leaves their side. So good. Um, yeah, and that's obviously people who are listening to this today. Chances are you're listening on a smartphone. Mm. Um yeah, the chances are you've got you've gone onto Spotify, you've gone onto whatever podcast app it is that you use, and you're listening to this on your smartphone. And what we're not sat here to do, because it would be massively hypocritical of us, <laughs> is to turn around and say, do not use your smartphone, because as we've discussed today, there's so many of us, or all four of us here in the room, we're all susceptible to being sucked into that void. And, and I think the most important thing is just trying to be aware of what be aware of how you're how you're using social media so are you using social media because you're actually getting some educational gain from it are you getting social media because you are being kind of you're keeping in contact with friends or relatives because that's something that you physically can't do at this moment in time or are you actually on social media doing nothing and what can you do with that time instead that is more productive and more beneficial to you in the long run um have you <coughs> have you picked up any of you guys done anything which and started a hobby which has taken you off your phone and have, did you do that intentionally to kind of stop yourself from having so much screen time and just try and take your mind elsewhere mm, reading before bed that's reading like before the bed. biggest change for me just picking up a book rather than scrolling through my phone like the last kind mm. of hour of the day yeah. makes the biggest difference for me um, and then just being creative, I think. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Creativity is a good Live. one. I I mean, you experience it yourself, yeah. And and especially during lockdown when I couldn't be on my phone, it just it was too much. I um started doing like crocheting and macrame mm. and stuff like that. Obviously, we've got more plant children in here <laughs> that I take Beautiful. care of all the time. 
Just talk to them instead. Yeah. Abby, <laughs> I actually it, do talk to my parts. <laughs> is there anything that you've kind of done, Abby, which um, to kind of... Obviously, think, you've said you're, you're not quite addicted to social media, but is there anything no, that you I think, like, changing my use of it actually reduced the amount of time on it. Like, so now I just use it to, like, put a message out there or find, like, information on certain things. Yeah. And it's actually, like, because I've changed my whole feed... It's just like the, the addiction of like trying to like portray yourself in a certain way and get likes and all that thing yeah. doesn't exist for me anymore. So then the it's I'm not really addicted to it. Like I don't of care anymore. You're, you're, you <laughs> I've are, got you a are, purpose for it, and yeah. it's not the old. You're, you, you are using it in an educa- educational sense, and you you're trying to kind of trying to yeah to, use yeah, it's a positive. You, yeah, you, yeah, you use what platform you've got to to inform other people and also keep yourself informed yeah, rather than I, doing I just it to see things that are gonna bring me up not rather than yeah. seeing influences that are gonna bring you down and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, well thanks guys. That's been <laughs> a really interesting kind of conversation we've had. Um I've learned a lot about social media that I didn't know. Um and yeah, thanks very much. So, that concludes the second episode of the ARL Talk about social media. I found the conversation really insightful, and it helped me try to try and open my eyes about my own social media use. I'd like to thank Libby, Abigail and Charlotte for coming on and speaking openly and honestly about their experiences with social media, and I'd also like to thank you for listening to this podcast. If anyone at any point ever feels like they need someone to talk to, The Samaritans are a 24-hour charity that will keep you anonymous whilst you can have a conversation over the phone. You can call them on 116-123. That's 116-123. More locally, if you feel like you're having a problem with how social media is taking over your life, or any addiction for that matter, then I ask you to reach out to motivate the Isle of Man's leading addiction service. Although they do not have a dedicated team for social media addiction, they will be able to provide you with the support and tools required to help you. Finally, if you, the listeners, have any topics that you think we should cover on the podcast, then let us know. Our Instagram and Twitter DMs are open and are 100% confidential. You can find us at the ARL Talk on both. Once more, thank you for listening. I hope you listen again.